Hello and welcome to the Thriving in Nursing and Midwifery podcast. This is the first podcast we have done, so it's extremely exciting to be here. My name is Sam Eddy, and I'm here with my colleagues Mark Aiken and Diane Lee. How are you both? Very well. Great, Sam. thanks, Sam. Hi. Looking forward to your first podcast. You yeah, <laughs> yes, are. We are. <laughs> So look, what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about all things thriving in nursery, nursing and midwifery, but also talking about what's relevant for students, so people who aren't yet nurses or midwives or who are thinking about becoming them. Um, and we're going to talk about a bit about NM support, so nursing and midwife support, which Mark, I'll let you talk about in more detail. So we're just going to set the scene, do some introductions, and then we'll talk about some of the key barriers to thriving. And then, then finish off with some really key and potentially pretty powerful tips on the ways to thrive as a nurse, as a midwife, but in life more generally, because we know life doesn't stop when you come to work. Mm. So just as a quick background to me, um, as I said, my name's Sam Eddy. I've worked in the wellbeing, mental health space for a long time. I do a lot of work with corporates. Um, I do a lot of executive coaching workshops and training. I've also done some a lot of work with yourself, Mark and Diane, in terms Ooh. of yep. helping nurses and midwives with self-care. Yes. We've done a bit of training on anxiety, stress, panic, and related disorders together. Um, I've had an interesting background in banking prior to that, but that's Ooh. essentially my experience. So maybe, Mark, if I get you to kick off with your background too, and just let the our listeners know a bit more about you and what you do and your role with NM Support. Great. Thank you, Sam. Great to be here with you and Diane. Uh, I'm a registered nurse, proud registered nurse, and I have been for um, over 30 years. I've worked in many and varied um, areas of nursing, from surgical nursing to intensive care nursing. Um, I even, strangely, as a non-midwife, I was director of nursing in a midwifery hospital for 18 <laughs> months. I um, did a friend a favour. And, um, and that kind of led me into the world of midwifery. And, um, and I've got to say, I had a great experience. The midwives were very generous with their knowledge and experience. And I think by the end of that, they kind of had taken me under their wing and, and said, we think you might be an honorary midwife, Mark. You should go and do the training. <laughs> Ooh. Love it. Um, Ooh. I didn't do that training. I went and worked in sexual and reproductive health for 10 years which I loved and uh, and through that um, period I got a counselling qualification so um, it seemed natural for me to end up working for nurse and midwife support because I've always been committed to supporting my colleagues and um, providing that support in any way that I can so I'm mm. passionate about self-care for nurses and midwives and passionate about nurses and midwives living the best lives they can and caring for themselves, but also caring for each other. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? Mm. And such a, and a topic we don't often talk about um, in many professions and, you know, it's something that we should talk about a bit more, I think. Yeah, indeed. And, and here we are. And here we are. Here we are. And we'll talk a little bit in a moment a bit more about nursing and midwife support yep. and your work there. But Diane, I mm. thought I'd get you to say a few words you. to introduce yourself as well. Thanks, Sam and Mark. So I began nursing in 1972, back in the dark ages. <laughs> uh, general nurse, then psych nurse. And since then I've worked in the public sector, private hospitals, community psych, family therapy, criminal justice, forensic mental health and in education. Wow. 
So quite a, cr a cross-section of things. Currently I am at nurse and midwife's support and very happy to be there. I think for whatever reason, being a support to people who are suffering, suffering physically and emotionally is something I've always been drawn to. Mm. And just showing some kindness and compassion feels right and it does seem to make a huge difference to the other person but also to me. Yes, yes. And in my role at Nurse and Midwife Support, it's an honour to support nurses who are experiencing professional or personal challenges. And I'm really passionate about being available mainly to hear them firstly, offer some strategies and some referral pathways. And they ring about all sorts of things mm. that we can all relate to. So it's Fantastic. quite a privilege to be there. Yeah. Thanks for that, Diane. Um, and again, we'll talk a bit more about your role mm. in a second, because I'd love to hear you know, a bit more about that experience you just touched on then. Yes. Um, but maybe, Mark, um, your role with NM Support, keen to hear a lot about that, because it started around 18 months ago. Is, have I got that right? Yeah, well, I actually started as a stakeholder engagement manager uh, for Nurse and Midwife Support in November 2016. Um, and we had the brief to establish a national support service for nurses and midwives. And we um, started operating and providing that service from March 2018. Right. So it was a very short lead-in period. So you can you imagine there was a, a lot of activity and a lot of work done prior to the service starting. And we're evolving all of the time. Uh, so we're the National Support Service for Nurses, Midwives and Students. We're anonymous, confidential and free. The service is provided 24-7. Mm. Uh, and any nurse or midwife or student, or indeed anyone concerned about the welfare of a nurse, midwife or a student, can access the service okay. whenever they need to, from wherever they are in Australia. So all you need is a, a phone or mm. an internet connection, get on our website or call the service and we're there to support you. Yeah, okay, mm. great. And you, I know through our chats that we've had in the past, you've talked about you've travelled travelled a lot around the country in the last, mm. or since it was set up. Indeed. And I was just keen to get a couple of insights from you of what you've learned about talking to nurses, midwives, students, but also managers and leaders in the industry about, you know, sort of some of the, the benefits of the service, and what you what you what the feedback has been from them in terms of what they need? Yeah, it's uh, it's been an incredible privilege, um, as Diane said before, um, to do this work and for me to be able to travel this great country and connect with nurses and midwives and students and hear their stories, but more importantly, hear some of the issues that they're facing at work or through life mm. um, that are actually um, leading them not to flourish or thrive. And, uh, and being able to incorporate that into service development mm. or being able to reflect upon that and take those issues back to the team so we can then develop content or uh, a newsletter or communications about how we can help nurses and midwives with particular issues that they're facing. And those issues I, th I commonly hear about um, are workplace stress. Mm, okay. uh, and that's quite big for people. And I've really tried to understand that in the, the last 18 months, what that might mean for us as a profession. And I've come to, to believe that a highly stressed workforce does not necessarily provide quality care. 
and mm. so we need to I think as an as a profession understand how we can support nurses and midwives to work with less stress um, so that they can actually feel like that their work is more controlled it's more managed they're more supported mm. and they're they're getting support much earlier than they would have been previously so our service is really promoting health promotion and early intervention okay mm. fantastic and diane you've mm. got a, a different role mm. um you're speaking to nurses and midwives on a day-to-day basis yes so keen that's to right. get an overview of that and mm. any learnings you've had just from the first year that you've been there it's been dramatic learning for me I didn't expect there to be so many issues out there. I knew that nurses would have things going on. I knew there'd be stress and anxiety. The calls are also about burnout, about bullying, about addictions, physical Mm. and psychological issues that they have, APRA notifications, personal professional dilemmas. I, I I guess what I learnt mainly is that nurses want to be heard. Mm. A lot of them ring and they have compassion fatigue and they're really overloaded and they they just really often just want to talk to someone who can actually hear them. There's something about nursing where you don't feel like your concerns should be heard, that you're there for other people. Yes. And you don't ask for support and don't always offer it either. So it's that combination of not seeking support for yourself, not even knowing where to start with that. Yeah. So I w- I've just been amazed how many people are dealing with this issue and how much stress there is in the workplace. Mm. And I guess, um, I mean, would you describe nurse and midwife support as really a first port of call for if someone's in a bit of distress for all, all those mm. reasons that you've both mentioned? They're suffering, because yes. let's be real, it's suffering, you it know, is it suffering. is tough. Mm. But how great that they've got somewhere well that's Um, what a lot of people say to me we never knew about this service we're so happy it's here we're going to tell other people about it either APRA told them or a colleague told them or uh, they saw it on the internet so yeah I I think it's wonderful it is the first port of call for most people most nurses and you talked about compassion fatigue I think Diane Mm. but I mean, what does that mean? Because that's a really, it's kind of an interesting, I don't know if mm. paradox is the right word, but, you know, having to work and give and give mm. all the time. And then mm. maybe if you feel you sort of can get a bit numb to it, potentially, if you're mm. overworked, stressed, that can be quite a hard thing, I would imagine, to deal with compassion fatigue when that's sort of your prime role. But at the same time, if you're struggling yourself, that, that could be a factor. Yeah, I think um, from what I uh, have read about compassion fatigue and what I've heard from nurses and midwives um, and come to understand is that it's really around the cumulative effects of um, of caring and, um, and not necessarily processing the emotions or the feelings that are evoked through that that caring process and you know as nurses and midwives we we often care for people who are critically unwell um, are dying uh, in Mm. emotional or spiritual distress Mm. uh, and um, 
and are processing a lot of information around illness themselves. And through the processing, they're sometimes projecting that onto the carer. And as nurses and midwives, we're, we're highly um, compassionate people who have a lot of empathy for other humans. And I don't necessarily think we're taught as nurses and midwives how to manage those feelings and emotions that we're exposed right. to. Mm. And, um, and that's what I'd really like to have a, have a high-level conversation about, how we actually um, train and educate people and support them to understand those emotional responses yes. from, um, from caring and the caring interaction. And, um, and what we commonly do is we, we do fast-paced work. So we have to get the work done and we have to kind of get through to the end of the shift and we have to um, complete a whole lot of tasks. And so sometimes in the middle of that shift, you'll have an emotional experience because of something that's happened mm. and mm. you actually have to put it on the back burner right. because mm. you've got to get through that shift to the end of that shift and complete the tasks that you need to complete and then you might rush home to the next thing mm. yep. to family to a busy life to um, social interactions without processing those emotions mm. and feelings mm. and I think what we want to do through nurse and midwife support is say to people it's quite normal to have those feelings yep. but please talk to somebody earlier rather than later about how you're feeling mm. and we can help you process those feelings we can hook you into services yes. that can provide you um, ongoing support such as a referral pathway and um, and you can call us whenever you need to right. yes. so we don't provide case management or ongoing long-term counseling but you can call us as many times as you like mm. to say, hey, I spoke to somebody yesterday. They raised a few issues um, that I've thought about and I just needed to follow up that conversation with somebody. Yeah. And so then you, you get to kind of continue that, that conversation. And I think for me that is the importance of, of preventing compassion fatigue becoming a problem. Right. Because we actually mm. identify those feelings within ourselves and what we need to do about it and get the support we need when and if we need it. Mm. Yes, and we offer callbacks to people if we feel like that might be useful and a lot of people are happy about that. Okay, great. Yeah, so we can do, even though it's brief intervention counselling, we're offering nurses and midwives a yes. callback service as well. And then I think mm. you mentioned there's referrals. Yes. You can refer referrals. people off who do want that ongoing yes. sort of levels of support. Yes, we have a good bank of resources. Um, Mark, as you were describing that story of, you know, you're dealing with these really critical issues at work, high stress situations, and then you sort of go home and you push through to the end of the day and you don't have that time in the moment to sort of deal with your own feelings about a situation. I think, I suspect there's a lot of people listening to this who are probably smiling a little bit to themselves going, yeah, I've been there. Um, And what, I mean, Diane, what do you think stops people calling then to get help is it is it something that nurses traditionally do do they ask for help given that mm. or nurses and midwives do they ask for help given that they they're so used to giving yes I, I think you're right Sam nurses and midwives aren't used to asking for support 
I know that was my situation in many of the jobs I had early in the early days, I wouldn't ask, because you feel like you should be able to sort it out and mm. people might see it as a weakness. Yep. So this is something I understand why people would be reluctant to call. And I, a lot of nurses and midwives who ring say, I've picked up the phone quite a few times and I've put it down because I felt like I didn't, wasn't worthy or was weak or whatever they were feeling to, to make that call. There's also other fears that they might have around that, that we might be reporting to somebody or which we're not, as Mark said, it's confidential and anonymous, but that, that they just might be making something out of nothing. Yes. And so it is great. We always acknowledge people who do pick up the phone and call by telling them that it can be quite courageous to make that first step. I think it will. I mean, what you're saying makes complete mm. sense to me, and I suspect it's a range of things people yes. call up from. So it can, can be something that you might think is minor to you, and it may be yes. it is a smallish thing, but if we don't deal with those small things, um, often they can lead and become bigger things That's or right. real, real barriers to thriving yes. and, and doing more of what we want, being more of who we are. Yes. So I think probably, I suspect people call up with a whole range oh. of different things when they're at crisis point, you know, totally. halfway there, or mm. even just at the starting point. And, and from what you're saying, it mm. doesn't really matter. doesn't matter We're at not going to be judged. We're not going to be judged. We don't know who they are or which workplace they're in. Some workplaces are not harmonious. I think that would be true to say. Definitely and therefore you're not going to get the support there. They may have tried and it may not have been available to them. And that's just the way it is. Can't always fix it, it would be great if we could, but at least with our line, with talking to us, they can look at strategies to help them either stay in a workplace like that and make it work for them, or perhaps to move on to somewhere else mm. too. It's, Often people can get stuck feeling there is no other solution to this. Well, there are many. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Yeah, and I think some people get caught up in the sense of um, the injustice of the issue, and I know we've spoken about this, Sam. Yeah. Um, and, and that actually is um, a very difficult place for people to be because if they're kind of in a place of injustice and they're seeking justice, they might be seeking something they're never going to get. Mm. And that's never possible yes. within that workplace yes. or within the, the problem that, that exists. And I think it's really important um, for people to be able to talk through that process and get support when they're experiencing a sense of injustice about what's happening at work. Uh, and nurse and midwife support can provide them with strategies for, to be able to have that conversation with their manager or their peers mm. or actually work through the process of being able to do something else in their career as yes. a nurse or a midwife. Mm. And um, we're um, about to write some website content around career transition. Fantastic. And, mm. um, and that's an issue that I hear a lot about from nurses and midwives when I travel the country, is that they've been doing the same sort of work in nursing midwifery for 20 or 25 years. They feel a bit stuck. They don't know mm. where to go next. Yes. Um, and at Nurse and Midwife Support, we can talk to them about what their skill set is, mm. what their passion is, and where they might be able to go next within this wonderful profession. And I think for me, it's around saying to people that there is always hope, 
there's always yes. something more that you can do um, in life and your career and that actually your your world as a nurse or a midwife is much bigger than than you as a nurse or a midwife and and so let's get back to you as a person yes, yes. you know and what is it as you as a person that actually makes you want to thrive mm. and what is it in the profession or your life that makes your heart sink yes and Beautiful. connect with that mm. and do more of that mm. we're reconnecting with your passion yes and it's something that i talk about right. enough do we and i guess we get lost in the day-to-day we mm. get so busy mm. you know so maybe this what you're talking about how you're describing this the service it's just quite open it seems to have that you're developing, you know, offering mm. them people of just a neutral platform to talk yes. about maybe career direction even mm. and what mm. is it they want to do next because that can be a stressful thing as you're describing. can be very stressful and you usually find if they are stuck in that place, they haven't been looking after themselves. There's, the self-care has just gone out the window. Things like they're not sleeping properly, not eating properly their thoughts are racing mm. in their head, it's that whole range of other things, and they're blocking themselves. So it's just a, a way, a channel for them to hear you, you hear them, and then make some suggestions about how even to change one thing can make such a difference in their lives. And I suspect speaking to people who are nurses, midwives mm. themselves, just takes away perhaps in some of the cases that need to really go into detail about the context of the work situation because yes. there's already a level of understanding and that can be a, you know a way to encourage people to call because if they know they speaking to someone who gets it who have been there with them um that can be i suspect a really powerful oh, thing and quite appealing right. for people you're right sam a lot of them do say i'm so glad you're a nurse or midwife because i feel like you get it yeah that said a lot to us yeah Students as well. We've been. They know we've been through it. Okay, great, mm. Mark. Sorry, you were. Yeah. Oh, that's also a lot of feedback that I get when I travel the country talking to people about the service. Is um, will I be able to speak to a nurse or mm. midwife? And the answer is yes, you will. Mm. Um, so our service is staffed by nurses and midwives who are highly trained in in counselling and the issues that people are calling us about. Uh, in fact, we have a really um, robust um, orientation program for our, mm. our staff and people who join our team. And I often get asked about um, how people can get a job with the service. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, because I find naturally nurses and midwives are drawn to this sort of um, work and this sort of service because we actually want to support each other. Mm. So I think fundamentally we want to support each other mm. and we want to make sure our colleagues are okay. Yeah. And because not only are we caring for our patients and their families, but we're actually also caring for each other. It's like, you know, you're kind of working with a team of four or five or six on your shift and you're kind of checking to make sure that everyone's okay and you've got each other's back. Yeah. Because mm. it's a team profession. Mm. We can't actually do what we do on our own. We're the biggest group of um, professionals um, within the country. So there's over um, 385,000 wow. of us now across the country. So we're big numbers and we, you know, we need to have each other's back. And I think for the most part we do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, right. you know, okay. it's, it's around connecting with that. 
Yeah, mm. I, lo- I love it. I love the context of, you know, you're a massive team. Mm. We're all in it together kind of mm. thing. That's quite nice to know. And we don't often reflect on that because we can isolate ourselves without, even with the best intention, we can get in our own bubble and we sort of forget that yeah. there is a team to draw on and help yes. us. And this is like a part of that. Yeah. I mean, we've had a really great chat. We've talked about, you know, we've got a really good understanding of nurse and midwife support. Mm-hmm. We've talked about some of these barriers that really stop people calling, stop people thriving, stop them being passionate, mm. um, maybe getting lost in the stresses of the day-to-day. Mm. Um, so I'm just maybe wanting to get a bit of feedback from, I mean, in terms of both your experience, what are people telling you? Or what, what, are there any stories that people are saying, look, I was here, but now this is what I've been doing as a result. These are the benefits I've got from either, you know, using the service or they're taking better care of themselves. What are, what are they telling you about the benefits? Yes, we are so many calls about how they have really taken what our discussions have been on board and made changes in their life, even if that means bringing in some exercise, some yoga, um, joining groups, even doing things at work like making the the group more harmonious could be just something simple like a cake day once a month or uh, doing some activities with the other staff going out occasionally Uh, look there's the wide range of things that people talk about even making one difference in their life has helped just one simple thing you can start with one step especially when we're in the in the midst of a stressful situation definitely Mm. A story I really connected with recently was when I met somebody at a conference and and she came to my exhibition booth several times and was like, wow, Mark, this service is incredible. Like, you know, I can't believe it actually exists to support nurses Mm. and midwives. And Mm. um, isn't that amazing that actually somebody would want to support us? Mm. Uh, And can I tell you about, like, a team that I've recently worked in where... um, their workplace culture was pretty bad. And uh, and we were all going home at night feeling quite negative. There was a lot of infighting in the unit. And then a few of us got together and said, if we want this to be better, we actually have to be part of the solution, mm. not the problem. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was a really powerful moment, she said. And, um, and you know, I kind of immediately said oh tell me more and tell me the next bit of this story and <laughs> yeah. I said so what did you do and she said that um, it was a very multicultural team and and for a little while there there was some misunderstanding about some of the cultural interactions that were, were occurring in the team and, the, um, and, and she said actually the lack of acceptance and so what we did was we reflected on that as, um, as individuals and we said, okay, well, what are nurses like doing? We like socialising as a group and we like eating together. Mm. And so we decided to have a few lunches where everybody bought a dish from their culture. Mm. Yes. And right. we shared food and we shared stories and, um, and now we do it regularly. And, mm. and mm. we initially thought of, um, of incorporating the patient's into this and then we thought you know what this is for us as yeah. nurses. Mm. Oh, I love this that. is Great. something we can do for ourselves mm. and now we actually go out as a team and we have nights in different types of restaurants so we can experience different cultural experiences mm. Mm. and she said you know what mark we're actually all better people for it yeah it's wonderful. a really powerful moment yep. i love it i mean it sounds like it's almost we forget we forget I and mean, we get so busy mm. we get so caught up mm. in the day-to-day we almost forget 
that we're people first. You said that before at yes. the start of this podcast. It's about us as humans. Who yes. are we? What's who our story? And we, yeah. When we connect with people on that level, we bring our full selves to work. We share stories, a bit about yes. our culture, our background. We really build that relationship, Ooh. don't Ooh. we? It's a lot of the yes. work I do. And that, yep. from what you're saying, is obvious. But we just forget about it because we mm. get so busy and we... Mm. And we kind of get the us and them mentality, you know, even if it's not deliberate, it's unconscious. Mm. But, I mean, what a powerful turnaround and just being reconnecting with who we are as humans. Totally. Kind of a fundamental That's, thing. But Yeah. And I think what I really connected with was the wanting to do something to to make it better and I think that's what our you know one of our key values of nurse and midwife support is is that we want to help nurses and midwives be the best they can be the best version of themselves and what we do is we make sure that as nurses and midwives provide person-centered care to their patients we provide that individualized care to the people who call us yes right. so you don't get you know a kind of stock standard response from mm. our team no. everybody spends time listening to the story that is being told mm. Mm. and connecting with that story and providing you know feedback and a sense of you know that must be really tough what you're going through so from what you've told me um I've heard that these three things might be an issue for you. Mm. So we're getting that clarification right. through the process. And then people might say, yeah, that's right, but you know, this other thing is really important to me at the moment and you've helped me understand that. And, and then we say to people, where, if anywhere, would you like to go next? Right. Mm. And then we yes. can hook people into a referral pathway. Might be, you know, that they need ongoing counselling. So we refer them back to their GP or to a GP if they don't have one. And they can get on a mental health plan and get some subsidised sessions with a psychologist. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. It's quite a common referral pathway. Yes, through the EAP in their own hospital. Oh, you just made me think of another caller who was a manager. Mm-hmm. And it was an emergency department where there was a lot of violence. Yeah, from right. patients coming in, relatives, and they had never had any debriefing. That was just something that comes naturally to me in the mental health area and the forensic area. We always uh, have a debriefing session or more than one. So that manager then decided to get someone external to come in and rang me back to say it had made a big difference. Wow. Just to have, to be heard, and, and that debriefing person was able to give them strategies and they also organised for better security too. So it was a combined effort. But And probably, like, you know, in oh. the end, maybe a simple solution, but the fact that that person's had time and papers to talk to yes. you, get yes. out of their own head a bit, get yes. some perspective. That's right. Often, I guess, the callers will have the answers yeah, if, they, they if do. they're given the time to mm. talk about it. You're right, Sam. They often do say, oh, while I've been talking to you, I suddenly got the solution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that it light bulb moment. Through. Light bulbs. Yeah, yeah. That's right. it's a wonderful moment. It is. It's a wonderful moment. And I feel calmer. That's the other thing. Yes. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Mm. How important this stuff is. Yes. And hasn't it been great to be able to speak to somebody? You oh, know, you know that's, that's a big thing. Yes, sharing the story, yes. sharing the problem, mm. and then coming up with Yes. Pressure releasing, breaking cycles of behaviour that all things that haven't been serving us. It's constantly having an outlet to intervene and break cycles and start doing things differently to be able to thrive. It's 
exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it it's is. putting a circuit breaker in place too mm. often mm. because as nurses and midwives, we do very high, fast-paced work, mm. and sometimes we actually just have to take a moment to breathe and to slow down. And sometimes I say <laughs> that to people when they ring in a state of panic. I'm here with you. I'm listening. Just breathe. Take yes. your time. Just breathe. And that, that could go on for minutes. And that's all I'm saying. I'm yeah. still here. I'm here for you. And the di- you can just feel and the, hear the, the tension di- release the or the energy re- change. Yes. Yeah, right. yes, that whole yeah. thing. It's like when we, um, you know, before we started the podcast today, we, start, we started with a mindfulness exercise. Ooh. It is. <laughs> and, um, and it's because... You know, doing a podcast is a new experience for Diane and I. Yes. And we wanted to make sure that we, you know, were letting, leading into this process, feeling relaxed and calm and comfortable about what we were doing. Mm. And so we used the um, Headspace app. So there's lots of different um, mindfulness um, activities mm. available and they're all over the internet. There's mm. lots of apps now. I particularly like the Headspace um, app. And I incorporated mindfulness into my life uh, really about the time I started this job, so about Uh, 18 months ago, because I thought I'm going to do work with nurses and midwives about support and and I need to know what some of those supports might look like. And um, mindfulness is, you know, a big part, I think, of circuit breaking or looking after yourself. And so I want to understand that process. So I find that a really good circuit breaker. Yeah, I agree. That helped a lot. And we have on our website, Nurse and Midwife Support website, a number of other ideas, Headspace and other websites. Right. Mm. And it's, I think it's, well, I mean, it Apps. sort of goes on to this next session, you know, next sort of section, I guess, of our podcast sort of ways to thrive um, and you've talked about mindfulness um, we've got five things here five simple tools and techniques we can use um, so one is to connect number two yes. is to be active the third one take notice Ooh. keep learning and then give and I Ooh. guess um, we've talked about take notice then we've yes. really talked about being mindful slowing life down Ooh being more present mm. and that helps give us clarity of thinking so we then can take action about the things that we want to change in our life. Yes. But, I mean, Diane, what do you think about the importance of connection as the first one? Oh, look, I think connection is everything. I look back over all my nursing jobs and that has been the thing that stands out. It helps mentally, it helps in every way and it, it helps you be a better practitioner to be engaged at work in whatever way you can do that with others working together uh, just balancing things. And even at home at too, home maintaining too, yeah, your absolutely. friendship networks. We were just talking about that. I did that on the work weekend instead of just texting people. <laughs> I actually made a few phone calls and rang people and they were so delighted to get that call. And we sometimes forget, don't we? Yes. And the technology, technology is fantastic yes. in many ways. We're doing this podcast, but <laughs> it does, it can mm. also isolate us. Yes, that's true, Sam. Um, active, being active. Mark? Oh, well, most <laughs> nurses and midwives will tell you that's not a problem true, true. Um, because they they run mm. around um, their wards or their units um, for eight, if not more, hours a day or a night mm. um, providing care. And I think, you know, sometimes um, people have worn pedometers and they, you know, they travel, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
kilometers and kilometers a day in terms of um, of rushing and walking around the, the wards or units in the work that they do. So when I'm talking to nurses and midwives about being active, I kind of like to say, it's okay, I know you do a lot of yes. walking and running around, mm. but there's actually different ways to be active. Yep. And, um, and um, that might be going to a gym, um, that might mm. be going out for a walk and connecting um, with nature. Um, and, and that process might involve a mindfulness activity as it does for me when I'm doing that, or it might involve connecting. Mm. So you might be walking um, with a friend and chatting yes. along the way mm. and getting exercise. Um, it might be yoga. It could be Pilates. Um, it, I find being active is a very individual thing mm. and that what you have to do is find the thing that works for you. Yep. But it's really important to do it outside of work. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and it's and a different energy you bring to right. it because at work you've yeah. got things on your mind you're running to yes. the next thing to do yeah whereas if you're walking in a park connecting in with a friend as you walk going to the gym maybe act, you know activating different parts of your body it is a completely different yes. experience isn't it yeah and some people like team sport because it's very social as well Ooh. my sister's a nurse and she you know plays netball and she likes the kind of team mm. connection through that. Mm. Um, whereas it's I all find, interrelated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So good. Whereas I find I have a lot of team connections. So when I'm exercising, I kind of like to do it on my own. But, you know, it's about mm. finding the thing that works for you. Mm. And learning. Learning's the key one. Keep learning. Keeping your mind active. Learning new things. Yes. Developing. Yes. Thoughts on that one? Oh, look, I... I always remain curious and passionate. I'm in a book club because that introduces me to a whole range of literature and other writings that I wouldn't ordinarily know about. Mm. Travelling, learning about new countries, new cultures. I, I, just, I just find that that never ends and I'm almost 65 and I still love to embrace new things. Even doing this podcast, I could have yeah. said, no, I'm too, that's too stressful. Go for it. Yeah. Just try it. Yeah. And not everything will work, but when it does, it's magic. Yeah. And I don't know if you find mm. this, but the more, you, the more new things you do, the easier it is to then keep doing new things. Yes. Yeah, because you're true. keeping because you become getting out of your comfort zone. Yes. It becomes a normal, and then it actually becomes comfortable. Yeah. So it's a great way to keep. <laughs> expanding oh, your mind exactly yeah and once again i think bringing it back to nurses and midwives is that we work in a profession where um what we do is about lifelong learning and we almost mm. in a way commit to lifelong learning by um engaging in our cpd um you know mm. at mm. clinical practice development and keeping our knowledge and our skills up to date and current in the area that we work in um, so again, that's a requirement for our work, but also it's really important in life to connect with what your interests are. Passions. Ooh, and your ooh. passions. And as I said before, those things that make your heart sing. Yeah. Yes. And do more of those. And get rid of a lot of the, what I call the noise in life, that kind of distracts you from doing those things that you love, that you know are going to make you happy and content. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, the final one, giving. Again, it's something Ooh. that nurses, midwives do <laughs> as part of the job. Yeah. But, you know, what do you, what do you guys think about that in terms of importance for self-care? Because it's still relevant, I think. 
It is relevant. Uh, uh, self-care, so giving to yourself as well um, is yes. really important because we don't do that. Uh, nurturing yourself, doing something like have a massage or... Even put, putting yourself first. Totally, yeah. That's not been done. So it's not just about giving to others, it's about giving. I often imagine that you, you're seeing yourself as your best friend. Nice. And what would you like to do? For that best friend, or what would that best friend like? Yeah. So then you're, you know, if people find it easier to do it for a friend, turn that around on yourself. And it could be just again a small thing, but it can make quite a difference. And a lot of the calls are about that people who haven't thought about themselves at all, haven't been on a holiday, mm-hmm. haven't got away, haven't pampered themselves in any way. And it's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, we often think that we've got to do for everyone else first mm. but it's one of those things if we don't look after ourselves first yes. then people unfortunately around us will feel that yes. in some form so you're actually being selfless by mm. being selfish and looking after yourself first because it's, it's 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 paramount mm. yeah and i think it's also about acknowledging um what giving means and and what you're doing as a nurse or a midwife by giving to others um, is a very important and noble and human thing. Yes. Mm. And, and I think sometimes we forget to acknowledge that what we're doing is something that many other people will never do in their jobs mm. and, and celebrate that yeah. and be, be thankful and grateful that you have the skills and the ability to be able to give to other people. So when somebody's giving back to you or they're saying give to yourself, take that on board and do it. Do that thing that gives you joy and pleasure and will, you know, dare I say it for the last time, make your heart sing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does. Gratitude, fantastic. Yeah. And even keeping a diary, a journal of yeah. gratitude. Look, I mean, we're almost out of time. I suspect we could keep going and talk forever about this amazing topic, and I suspect we probably will in the future. Um, so, look, thanks, everyone, for your contributions. I think I'm sure that everyone who's listening has probably resonated with many topics, um, are smiling to themselves with all the examples Ooh. you've shared in terms of the relevance they feel in their lives. Um, and nice, I'm sure, for everyone to hear the messages around. Look after yourself. Ooh. Get in touch with your passions. Yes. But, you know, if they want more, if they want to get in touch with NM support, nursing, midwife support, you know, who do they get onto? Where do they call? Where do they go? Yeah, so our number is um, 1-800-667-877. And and that is a national number. And you can call us any time of the night or day you need to. As we said before, it's a 24-7 service. Mm. Or you can um, get onto our website, www.nmsupport.com org.au um, you can send us an email or you can mm. access content from our website um, we have a whole range of promotional materials that we would love to send you yes. and you can access those um, through our website or you can call our service and we'll send them out to you our aim is that by um, June 2019 every nurse and midwife in Australia knows about this service wow. so it's a bit of a call to action we need your help to get the word out there. Mm. So if you're listening to this podcast and you think this is a great service, please tell your nursing midwifery colleagues or tell people who support nurses and midwives. 
And if you're on Facebook, get on Fantastic. Facebook. You're on Facebook. Oh, yeah, too. Facebook and um, Twitter mm. and um, and we'll shortly be on LinkedIn. Great. Yep. And let us know. And let us know what you think. Feedback totally. on the podcast. If there's any other topics you'd love to Ooh. love us to chat about next time, please let us know. Diane, any final thoughts? Oh, look, I, I just be compassionate, be kind to yourselves. The Facebook page is wonderful because you can put in any nurse or midwife can offer some suggestions or put up an article and we'll have a look at it. Fantastic. So be kind, be compassionate. Mark? Give us a call. Yeah, look after yourself and look yeah. after each other. Um, as nurses and midwives and students, we care for other people. So make sure you care for yourselves and mm. each other. Uh, and that's really important because your health matters. Fantastic. Thank you. Beautiful final words. And thank you for listening, everyone. Yes. Love to hear your thoughts and feedback and hopefully we'll be with you again very soon great thank you thank you see you soon bye